Um, I'd heard that Aiden Hill had signed a, a two-year extension. I think I can't remember the number. I think it was with four point nine million with the Golden Knights, and I think it took a week for that one to get announced. And every day I had people tweeting at me saying, "Where's this contract? Where's this contract, genius?" And <laughs> and, and you know, you're I I knew what was going to happen eventually. Hello and welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, episode 166. As always, I'm Jamie Thomas, your host. Many reasons to be excited as the Jets enter the second week of the National Hockey League season. The Los Angeles Kings are in town, so Alex Iofalo, Gabe Velarde, and Rasmus Kapari facing their former teammates, and of course Pierre-Luc Dubois makes his return to Candle Life Center. We'll see how that all shakes down. Thursday, it is the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights making their first appearance of the 23-24 season, and finally the Jets will wrap up their week in Edmonton for a one-and-done road trip in the Alberta capital. Great show on the way for you. The play of the day, I know you can guess what it is right now off the top. Hint, hint, it comes from Saturday. And finally, your thoughts on what you're excited about early in the Ground Control mailbag. Go to groundcontrol at winnipegjets.com for any comments at any time. We'll read them on the next show. Coming up on the show, Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet Hockey Insider. We'll talk about the extensions for, of course, Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck and the trickle-down effect from those contracts within the National Hockey League. Pete Jensen, friend of mine, NHL.com, fantasy hockey guru, what are the players you got to go out and grab right now on the waiver wire to help you win your fantasy hockey championship? But first, let's go to what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Gabe Velarde line, two games in, looks pretty good. Natural stat trick had them 16 to five scoring chances, four and against, and three nothing goals against goals four and against. That's at five on five. They've been tremendous through the first two games. You can see why Rick Bonus was excited about that. Shifley off to a tremendous start after signing that aforementioned contract extension for seven years. Here he is after the win over the Florida Panthers on Saturday. You know, just a, you know a lot of preparation in the summer. Um, you know, obviously it, it was an exciting time. So there's you got to be a little fired up for that. Um, so you know, just a lot of preparation. You know, a lot of a lot of hard work in the summer. A lot of a lot of skates, a lot of workouts, a lot of a lot of everything. And um, you know, it's been it's been exciting come being back, and it's just been fun playing hockey. Great stuff from Mark Shifley. Interesting season ahead, no question about that. Of course, one of the biggest plays coming from the win over top of Florida was while the Jets were shorthanded, Adam Lowry, not with his stick, but with Josh Morrissey's stick. Keep in mind, Jay McMaster, one of the equipment managers for the Jets, had also stuck out his, the, Adam Lowry's actual stick after he lost it in a collision with Matthew Kachuk. So there was two sticks that Adam Lowry had to deal with. The incredible part was he wasn't even looking, grabbed the stick, went down the ice. But uh, here is your play of the day. Pass to the far side, Kachuk couldn't handle that cleanly. And it was taken off his stick by Lowry. Lowry kicked it from his skate to his stick, grabbed another stick off the bench, put it out in front for Appleton. He scores! What a goal by the Winnipeg Jets! That is unbelievable! 5-2 Winnipeg! Right in the thick of things with Connor Bedard coming to town in Toronto. He is Elliot Friedman, Sports and Hockey Insider. Um, before we get into Connor Bedard and all that stuff like that, uh, news broke last week. Extensions for Connor Hellebuck and for Mark Shifley. Were you surprised when they came in the way they did? Yes, I was, particularly in Shifley's case. Hellebuck, I wasn't surprised because all the intel was that when he came back to Winnipeg, Jamie, he was in a really good frame of mind, feeling really good about extending. 
So I believed at that point in time that he was going to extend. I just didn't know the timing. The Shively one, I was really surprised because that one wasn't, that one was more quiet. And now we know why the, that one didn't really heat up until it really get going until 10 days before he signed. It was very late and they're already down the road on Hellebuck. But, you know, the answer is so the, 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 the short answer is yes on Shifley, no mm. on Hellebuck. But the longer answer is yes. Uh, I think especially the timing caught us all by surprise. Good thing for the Jets, though. Yeah, huge, it was it was huge news and a lot of excitement within the city. What kind of trickle-down effect will there be with the signing of Shifley and Hellebuck for other pending unrestricted free agents coming up? Well, I, I think what it does is I think every time that a player signs with a team, especially before the season, the agents of the other players who are UFA do a quick yes, because that mm-hmm. really improves uh, their situation. I think that if you're one of the other big UFAs out there, especially up front, like a Nylander or a Lindholm, you like the fact that the competition for your services just got a little bit more fierce. Um, you know, I think in Lindholm's case in particular, I could see where the Flames go to Shifley's contract and say, Elias, this is a, a good comparable for you. And Lindholm will say, well, I'm a year younger and I'd like to do a little bit better. So you know that he'll probably push back against that a little bit. But I could see in particularly in Lindholm's case, the Flames saying, you know what, we, we like this as a comparable to what we think uh, you should get. Um, did you ever have a story that you broke that you had doubts about right after you had pressed send or even up an hour afterwards because of the way the news cycle works and the way social media works? Yeah, I think it happens all the time. Like I always say to people, when I, even when I'm 99.9% or 100% sure on something, you're, you're never really uh, restful until you know, the official announcement comes. There's, you know, first of all, there's been times when I've been wrong, so you feel really stupid. But, um, you know, for example, like one of the ones that was recent was last summer. Um, I'd heard that Aiden Hill had signed a, a two-year extension. I think, I can't remember the number, I think it was with 4.9 million with the Golden Knights. And I think it took a week for that one to get announced. And every day I had people tweeting at me saying, where's this contract? Where's this contract, genius? <laughs> and, and and you know you're I, I knew what was gonna happen eventually uh and uh uh but uh and eventually it, it did happen but you know while it, while it takes a few days for it to occur you're always sitting there like what happens like another one that happened last year was i had a bunch of people that told me james van reemsteig had been traded to detroit and to be honest that was right in the last few minutes before the deadline and I don't think I was the only one who reported it. I think some other guys reported it too. And uh, and then it never happened. And then you're like, oh, man, do I feel like an ass, especially where other people are involved. Like, these are lives, right? <laughs> so I, I think about that all the time. Um, well, speaking of lives, you, you, you spent a lot of your life with uh, Jeff Merrick. And I, I kind of always wondered, is there any end to the hockey encyclopedia that is his brain? No, um, like I like going down hockey DB rabbit holes as much mm-hmm. as anybody else does, but he really likes going down them. His aren't rabbit holes. His is like ra- a rabbit. A black hole. <laughs> rabbit drives to the center of the earth. Um, <laughs> he really loves that. Uh, you know, there's nobody I know who has a favorite linesman like Merrick does with Jay Shar- Jay Shars. Like it's, mm-hmm. But there's times like, uh, like, you know, I sometimes I think that, you know, 
sometimes I look at him and I'm like, what haze did you come up with that idea out of? But once in a while, he pulls out a great one, like yeah. just a great one. And um, it's just a, and I will say this. I think one of the reasons the podcast works is we approach life and think about things so differently. Yeah. And if they, if it, if it's true that opposites attract Jamie, the two of us have a really nice romance. Well, clearly it's worked well because the podcast continues to roll out week after week. Um, not so much putting you on the spot, but which of the non-playoff teams from 2023 do you see in the party next spring as we're looking far down the road here? I think the where I live, like Ottawa, Buffalo, like it's it's time for some of those teams to make noise, really make noise. Is it hard to, considering the way the East is constructed and the way teams are built and the way things are working out, is is it really hard to, like, does Washington come back? Does Pittsburgh put pressure on that? Like, where does Ottawa fit in that in terms of making the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? Well, I think Ottawa, based on their roster, when everybody's there as a playoff team. Like, I, yeah. I don't even think about the other teams. I just right. think that, like, the one team I think that it's going to be tough is going to be Florida. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, they, you know, you guys beat them, Minnesota beat them. Um, you know, they've got a lot going on there just in terms of the, the way their bodies are banged up. So they have to keep above water until everybody gets back healthy. But, you know, honestly, like Jamie, for me, when it comes to Ottawa, it's not anyone else. It's just them. Like they should mm-hmm. be a playoff team. And, you know, they won two at home on the weekend. They still don't have their few full roster there. Yeah. But as long as their full roster gets back pretty quick, I think that's a playoff team. If you had to guess right now, what is the format of the next World Cup? That's a, you know, I, I that's a great question. Like mm. Jamie sent me a couple of these questions beforehand. <laughs> and I was I, I was thinking about that one. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the IOC kept the ban of Russia last weekend. Yes. So that says to me that this is not changing uh, anytime soon. Um I know they wanted to play some games overseas, but I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. Like for like, I think it's going to be in February of next year, February, 2025. Yeah. I think it's going to be some kind of round Robin and a one game winner take all championship. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, I know they've been thinking about some different ideas. So I'm trying to find out what a different, idea could be and mm-hmm. what i would what i would love to do honestly is put the rivals up against each other early yeah usa canada early um uh, czech slovakia early yeah sweden finland early um you know the one thing i th- get the blood pumping get the blood pumping i think the yeah. one reason though jamie is that I don't know if the TV networks are going to want one of Canada or the USA going out early. Right. Like that's, that's always a big deal, but mm-hmm. that's what I'd like to see. Instead of maybe a round Robin, mm-hmm. you start with rivals against rivals and then do it based on who's left, who, who wins. Yeah. Fascinating. And, and I mean, it's the, there's a lot of conversations still to come for the next world cup of hockey. Do you think Ovechkin breaks Gretzky's goal record? Yes, I don't, I don't. Right now, I don't think there's a question. I think it's going to break it. And then, last but not least, before I let you go, a funny or difficult travel story. And you know, I've I'll, I'll get you warmed up here in this one. I was traveling with Corey Blash in Los Angeles, and as you know, uh, we were on our way to the airport. You got to drop off the rental car, then you can take a shuttle to LAX. Corey forgot his passport, 
So halfway there. So, so you, you know, you're in L.A. traffic. He phones the concierge. He's waiting, gets him to wait outside. We dr- literally drive by, snatch the passport with his window rolled down, hands him 20 bucks. We w- rip off to the airport and we get to the, you know, the place where you drop off your rental car, take the shuttle to LAX, get there. We got on the plane, I swear to God, with like one minute left before the door shut. And it's just Cla- Corey Blaschel luck the way that things worked out. But so I thought I'd warm you up with that one. So you've got to have something good. Over all your years, you've been traveling uh, with the mothership and, of course, uh, CBC before that. Well, I, I'll tell you this one. First of all, I'm not surprised that Corey, Corey Blaschel was in the middle of that one. That's yeah, the one no. thing I'm not surprised no. about. Yeah. So the the one I remember was at uh, the score. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, at the score, it, it, I loved, I, first of all, let me just say this. I loved working there. I, I'm not where I am without the score. But mm-hmm. our budgets were not as big as some other companies. So we used to do things really tight on travel. And it was, I, I want to say, I think it was the 2000 Stanley. It was the 2000 Stanley Cup final between New Jersey and Dallas. And they said to us, this is the way it's going to work. You're going to drive from Toronto to New Jersey. And you're going to fly from New Jersey and Dallas back and forth. Okay. So I, we said, fine. That's what we got to do to cover the Stanley Cup. We'll do it. So we drove from Toronto to Jersey and we locked the car in uh, Jersey and game six was in Dallas. And they told us, guys, if New Jersey wins the Stanley Cup tonight, you're going to have to fly back to New Jersey and then drive the car back to Toronto because we can't leave the rental in Jersey. It was at the airport in Jersey. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) that is such a nightmare. And we were like, you're, obviously, there's no cheering in the press box, but Jamie, we were cheering for Dallas that night. And then Jason Arnott scored in overtime to win the Stanley Cup. And we're like, we're doing the interviews and we're mentally preparing ourselves for flying back to now Dallas the next day. And then we're going to have to take the 10 hour drive from Jersey to Toronto. We're just, we're, I mean, first world problems, right? Now. Yes. It sound like a bunch of like just yeah. selfish wimps, but yeah, at the time, we're like, and then. They so we get off the air and they said, you know what, you guys did an unbelievable job at the Stanley Cup. We're flying you home from Dallas and we'll figure out what to do with the rental car. So <laughs> I just remember doing the interview and after every interview, we were joking with each other, okay, you're ready to drive home from Jersey for our, our twenty five hour day tomorrow. And yeah. that was the one I always remember. They they called and they said, We can't we thought about it, we'll find a way. You can go directly home and I'll tell you on that flight. Yeah, here's a great travel story. Um, uh, I I get on, I, I get on the plane. I'm uh, I'm single at the time, and uh, there was the one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, ever. And she's sitting up front in first class. I was not, but she was struggling to get her bag up into the compartment. So I said, let me help you with that. And I, I put it up high and she smiled at me. Just a beautiful woman. And I went and sat down and in the seat next to me, there was an elderly lady. And she said, she looks at me and she goes, that was a smooth move, young man, but you have no chance with her. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, you're right. I, I don't. But just why <laughs> would you say that? She goes, do you have any idea who that was? I said, Uh-oh. no, I, I didn't. And she said it was Jessica Simpson. It was just before no. she really, yes. No. Just before she really hit it big. Just before she really hit it big. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Well, thankfully, you do so many podcasts and so many hits. I'm sure your wife doesn't see any of these. So thanks for the story. As always, thanks for the time and, and, and have fun with Connor Bedard in Toronto tonight. Thanks very much, Jamie. And you know my wife. I would not <laughs> I trade her for Jessica Simpson because I, <laughs> I don't think I could survive without her. Many thanks to Elliot Friedman for his uh, time on a big day in Toronto with Connor Bedard in town with the Chicago Blackhawks. A big day for Kyle Connor, as the stat shows you here. He tied an NHL record by scoring his in his sixth straight opening game of the season. Kyle Connor, an elite goal scorer and also a tremendous commish. Of course, Kyle Connor is the commissioner of the Winnipeg Jets team fantasy league in football. Here are our teammates' thoughts on how Kyle is doing as a commissioner in the league. Uh, since this is being recorded, he's the best commissioner ever, and uh, uh, we're all pulling for him every year. Honestly, I think he's done a good job because I play in other leagues where full collusion is allowed, and it gets really bad, and there's money under the table, and no trades get voided, and you know you split the pot and this and that. So uh, the integrity has been held up in this league, and I think uh, some credit's got to be given to KC on that one. Uh, you know, there was a little predicament last year. I'm not going to get into it, but uh, those guys know who they are. But overall, I think he's done a good job, and it's a job that no one else wants to do. So uh, I'll tip my cap to Casey and say he's, uh, he's done well so far. The only, this is the only thing that's getting me right now is a trade went through on, like, Thursday, no veto process, mm-hmm. and I'm playing Appy this week. So he traded for Brees Hall, went through. I probably would have vetoed it. And then now Brees Hall puts up like 20-something points, and now I'm going to lose. So um, I guess I need to talk to him about that, figure out why there's no no veto on trades. But other than that, I guess it's been fine. I'm also 0-4, maybe 0-5. So <laughs> I'm a little grumpy when it comes to fantasy football right now, but um, he's been good. Yeah, he's done He's done a great job. I think you know everyone's always uh, gives him a hard time because, you know, it, People like to complain, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to navigate some tough situations. I think you you know last year with Demar Hamlin and you know the game getting canceled and what, what was to be done with fantasy points and things like that. So yeah, yeah, I think he's done a great job. It's you know it takes some time to organize it, kind of get everyone on the same page, especially for the draft. I think you know that, that's the biggest thing, and you know, he, he's done a good job since taking over for uh, Andrew Kopp. Is it fair to say that? There was some controversy last year with him winning the title in his first year under as commissioner. Did he claim he went won it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's controversial. <clears throat> that's, yeah, I would say that's controversial, but that's okay. Time now for the mailbag. We do this every week. Uh, send your thoughts into ground control at winnipegjets.com. My question to you was, what are you excited about is about the Winnipeg Jets uh, just two games into the National Hockey League season? Samara Highwind uh, wrote in. She says, I'm excited to see how the chemistry of the four lines develops. The four lines are already rolling well, and I can't wait to see what happens as the sample size grows over top, over top of course, two games. And this one, not really having to do anything. But I think Tim Rydell is one of the guys in my fantasy hockey or fantasy football leagues. Seeing the evolution of Jamie Thomas as a polished broadcaster from his insightful questions to his focused listening face. I do have that. Uh, Jamie has put all the tools together and wrapped it up in a sharp-looking package as expected to set the press box ablaze. <laughs> so clearly, someone, somebody, one of my friends wrote that. Again, we'll have a question of the day for you right into uh, ground control at winnipegjets.com, and we'll read your questions on the air. Pete Jensen, fantasy hockey guru, is coming up next. 
The Winnipeg Jets have named Adam Lowry as the team's new captain. Hey, Larry. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Proud of thank you. I'm looking very forward to working with this group again and with the new pieces that we have. You know, I'm pumped to be here and can't wait to get started. We've already played center the last couple of years, so it took a little bit of time to get the rust off. You probably get some tunes out in here, huh? Yeah, it's a little dull. Everyone's sitting around just waiting. He is Pete Jensen, fantasy hockey guru at NHL.com. Pete, thank you so much for joining me, and happy hockey season to you and yours at the fantasy department at NHL.com. And right back at you to the Winnipeg Jets. That was some uh, good news on your front with the Shifley and Hellebuck extensions, right? That was something that we thought might drag on into the season, but they got it settled, and I think they're one of the safe picks out there to make one of those final playoff spots in the West now. What is your fantasy crystal ball telling you about Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck this season in terms of points and for fantasy production? I mean, Hellebuck is a at least a top five goalie in my book because of the volume he's going to be getting. You've seen him peak before and win the Vezina Trophy with that team. He's sticking around. And like I said, they're one of the safe picks out there uh, to get one of those final wild card spots yeah. in the West. You have the elite teams out West, of course, the Oilers, the Golden Knights, teams like that, Colorado, Dallas, and then Winnipeg is right there in that second tier, in my opinion. And then with Shifley, he's been about a point-per-game player in recent years, so we had him projected, even with the uncertainty, for about 75 points, but he's up there with Kyle Connor and whoever the third wheel is on that line, he'll be in good hands to get even higher at 80, 82, something like that. Um, before we move on to other questions, what is a common overreaction in the fantasy world after just one week of play in the National Hockey League, you know, from the emails and the text messages that you get? Uh, low shooting percentage means I should <laughs> trade this guy off my fantasy team. Uh, that's right now going on with whoever it is, Tage Thompson, Timo yeah. Meyer, anyone uh, on the Oilers, Evander Kane. You know, I would stay patient here and give the guy at least two weeks before you even consider dropping a player that you took in the top 100 overall same goes for goaltending I mean it's a fickle position right we've seen the Oilers goaltending through two games have a disaster output meanwhile you have these unbelievable showings for Peter Morazic 934 save percentage for the Connor Bedard led Blackhawks through two yeah. games and then Mackenzie Blackwood almost beat the Avalanche the other night had 51 saves in a shootout loss, an incredible individual performance. I don't expect it to continue, but that those are some of the overreaction. You'll see someone on the waiver wire who has double the amount of points of somebody that you took in the first couple of rounds of your draft. It's frustrating, but um, over time, things will correct themselves. Well, so goaltender is clearly a, a huge part of your team. We've talked about Connor Heldock. We've, talk, we've talked about the Oilers goaltending situation. So I want you to rank these three goaltenders and kind of why you would do it. So let's start with Vegas's Aiden Hill, Ilya Samsonov from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and, of course, the aforementioned Stuart Skinner of the Oilers. So I'll go uh, Samsonov first. I know he's uh, had a couple of higher goals allowed games to open the season, but uh, with that amount of goal support, three strong lines in Toronto, President's Trophy contending team, Austin Matthews having a hat trick every game. I mean, they they have the, one of the most elite first power plays, so he's going to get a ton of goal support. They also added John Klingberg in the offseason. I feel like Morgan Riley's getting more of, you know, 
he's going to be able to play his all-around game. He's not going to be yeah. uh, tasked with having to do anything and do everything anymore for the Maple Leafs. So I like that support. I like this roster in front of Samsonov. And other than Joseph Wall, I mean, who's maybe a rookie sleeper, there's not a ton of competition. So if he takes care of business, he could have a uh, realistic chance at 35 to 40 wins. And then I would probably have Stuart Skinner slightly above Aiden Hill, but Aiden right. Hill is rising the ranks a little bit here. And I like that Vegas tandem. Vegas, other than the Boston Bruins and maybe the Minnesota Wild, quietly might have the next best goalie tandem for fantasy with Aiden Hill, the playoff standout, and Logan Thompson, who's back healthy and looks pretty good uh, in his own right. Okay. Uh, Connor Bedard, the whole world is buzzing about him and his start to his National Hockey League career. Uh, are you bumping his point total? Speaking of overreaction or underreaction to the way he started the year. I like what he's doing through thick and thin, even when Taylor Hall went down. Luckily, Taylor Hall is coming back on Monday. It, it sounds like uh, after initially being called week to week, sounds like yeah. he's ready to go. And then uh, Ryan Donato, Athanasiu. They have other guys, Seth Jones, at even strength and on the power play uh, that provide a nice little supporting cast and, no, I think that Connor Bedard, who we had projected for 78 points, I would bump it up by about five and say that he's outright going to be better than a point per game this season based on what I've seen. I think he's a one-man show, run-and-gun type player, uh, but he has the speed and the the league is built for speed right now. You see it with McDavid, McKinnon, right, Jack Hughes, and now Connor Bedard. It's an exciting brand of hockey being played, and it caters to players like Bedard to – uh, be more of a one-man show and and light things up out there and make it fun to watch. Well, we're not going to start, you know, giving the Calder Trophy away at this moment, but what are some other fantasy rookies out there that teams should run out and get as of this moment on the waiver wire? Right, so there's a bunch of centers. There's Logan Cooley with the Coyotes. I really like what the Coyotes have going on. Uh, I have them picked to make the playoffs in the West, and I think it's a reasonable thing. I like so far so good. They beat the Devils on the road. I know it was second of a back-to-back, but uh, they added some nice pieces in the offseason. In addition to Cooley, Matt Dumba, Jason Zucker, uh, they have a nice uh, Sean Dursey scored a power play goal in their first game. Like There's a lot of added integration of some nice players to go along with the young talent they have with Keller and Schmaltz, Michelli, some of these other guys, the goalie, Carol Vamelka, and then... With some other rookies, I mean, keep an eye on Zach Benson for the Buffalo Sabres. Keep an eye on Adam Fantilli, who's another center. Uh, Hopefully Benson and Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, that line gets going after a slow start for the Thompson line. But I'm sure he'll get things uh, put on straight and and have a nice performance for the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, also keep an eye on Luke Hughes and Devin Levi. But those guys play different positions, so it could get a little bit more uh, tricky when it's all said and done. Yeah, certainly fascinating. The future of hockey right now in in the National Hockey League and for fantasy purposes. Pete, uh, where can everybody find you day after day uh, at NHL.com? Yeah, so NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. We're going Mondays and Thursdays each week. Do like a waiver wire pickups on Mondays and then Thursdays a mailbag edition. So, you know, hit us up with your questions at NHL Fantasy, NHL Jensen on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole thing, threads, uh, follow us and we'll post all our videos and and uh, have a good time interacting with you along the way. Hopefully win you some fantasy championships this year. And, and you can follow all our daily picks and rankings updates on NHL.com slash fantasy. Pete, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for doing this.
anytime. It's going to be a wild ride this season. A lot of surprises, disappointments, and things will flip-flop by next week. So great to talk to you. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks for joining me video or audio-wise. Thanks to Pete Jensen, the fantasy hockey guru from NHL.com, and Elliot Friedman, Sportsnet Hockey Insider. Uh, great for him to take the time to join us on the show. Next week, Jets captain Adam Lowry will join me to talk about October 24th, which is a child advocacy game. The St. Louis Blues are in town, and he'll also discuss his first month of being captain of the Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. 